0: This is Dennis Hopeless, writer of Spider Woman, and you're listening to The Amazing Spider Talk.
1: Too many who know the angles, uncover and untangle all the questions and the webs left out to tangle. in 1962, last Wednesday's afternoon, they'll bend your ears with reckless self of The Amazing Spider. The Amazing Spiders I Come swing the acid back and prepare for the Amazing Spider are. Hello and welcome to The Amazing Spider Talk. My name is Dan Gavazdin and I'm the editor of SuperiorspiderTalk.com and I'm still sick.
0: Yes, well, you know, it's 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 like it's almost like you're recording these things at the same night or something, Dan. It's interesting. we would
1: never do that because they would never ship two Spider-Man books on the same day.
0: No, definitely not. But uh, <laughs> well, well, anyway, I'm Mark Gianacchio, uh editor of the Chasing Amazing blog, and now a writer and editor for SuperiorSpiderTalk.com.
1: Hashtag winning.
0: Winning. Thanks Dan for, is winning.
1: Thanks for joining us for the eighteen point one episode of Amazing Spider Talk. That will never get old. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that it provides an intelligent conversation between two fans and collectors as we hope to look at the Spider-Man comic universe in a bit of a bigger picture.
0: Yeah, and in this eighteen point one episode, we'll be discussing Amazing Spider-Man number 18.1 by Jerry Conway and Carlo Barberi. Uh, then we'll read your comments and emails, give away some prizes, and then we'll go through our Flash Thompson's Flash reviews.
1: Boy, that just warmed up my heart right there. I was not <laughs> anticipating that, and then boom, Flash showed up. I'm yeah, always excited you know, about it.
0: Yeah, well, fl- a Flash appearance—it's kind of like it's kind of like getting a Venom story. You know, it's a big deal for us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, of course, all you listeners at home or wherever you are—maybe you're not at home. Either way, if you hear this sound, please check out your iOS device for a link to an article, video, or image to enhance your listening experience. So Mark, while we might be involved in renewing our vows, perhaps we can go back to a better time, a time full of gang wars, to discuss Amazing Spider-Man number 18.1.
0: was uh one heck of a segue there dan you I don't know, know how else to put it
1: i i do my best and uh, all possibly my worst at the same time
0: well you know let's let's hope you don't make that a thing now well uh,
1: it was a segue let's just leave it at that
0: there you go transitions are transitions but um yeah dan so 18.1 part three of the series spiral this is it's still happening um You know, it has not been canceled, I guess. Um, It was definitely a few weeks later than I think it should have been, right?
1: Yeah, it's funny. I went to my comic book store and they didn't even have any copies of this. So I had to go shopping around town to find this thing. And and that could just be that my comic book owner is – he's just so unreliable. But – uh, I have no other choice. He's the only guy that opens early. This is a whole other story. But yeah, I think people, I wonder how many people have just forgotten that this story is going on. We've got Secret Wars and Renew Your Vows, and then we've got this little gang war story. And it's weird for me to say little gang war story because those stories are normally huge and, you know, crazy. But this one has always kind of been a little small because it's really just about these characters.
0: It's worth noting that this podcast is brought to you by Dan's uh, unreliable comic book purveyor.
1: Yeah, right. Every other <laughs> week he's missing my comic, so I don't even know what, what to do. Um,
0: but yeah, no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I was able to find my copy pretty easily where, where I shop. Um, but um,
1: Not every place is New York
0: City, comic capital of the world. This is true. Um, but, you know, kind of the not to, not to get into how the sausage is made, Dan, but it's kind of funny that, you know, part of the reason why we did our doomed affairs episode was I was going to be traveling for a couple weeks and I thought that I was going to be missing the release of this issue in the middle of May. And uh, I was like, well, we got to give our readers, our, our listeners some content. So let's do this essential issue. Um, and then, you know, as it worked out that 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 episode ended up holding people over until you know marvel i guess got a chipping stuff together
1: yeah i didn't know i don't know exactly that this was supposed to come out weeks ago but it seems like it should have um so now we're doing two episodes in one night to peel back the curtain um but uh what did you think of this issue mark i mean we're getting it so let's talk about it
0: yeah um you know it's dan i've been very very high on the first few issues of the series and I still think this is a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it. Um, but like you know, in reading this third issue like, I guess I'm still kind of waiting for that gear to kick in to kind of go to the next level. And you know, I mean, they kind of leave things on a cliffhanger so maybe that's where they're going to go in issue four. But I mean, I still kind of feel like we're we're going over the same old ground here with these characters.
1: Yeah, it, I- I mean, I enjoyed this issue a great deal as well, but it does feel kind of like a repeat. Like almost all three issues have kind of like had the same uh, st- similar story structures. You know, we kind of, you know, build up like th- there's some like machinations between these g- uh, gangs at the beginning, and then Spider-Man and the Wraith have to go out and do something, and then she inevitably betrays him in some way, and that seems to be the plot of this issue too.
0: Yeah, I mean, pretty much word for word. I mean, what we do get in this, and we did get this in in issue two as well, is you know, I I think we do get some interesting interplay with with the underworld dynamics. Um, I I think the element that's unique to this issue is Black Cat Felicia. I I feel like the last few Felicia appearances in Spider-Man has not not that it's completely made me forgive and forget. The character assassination that she had gone through during the reboot but um you know i feel like some of her kind of once murky motivations were being a little at least be a, it felt like more effort was going into explaining them um and what I kind of liked what 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 we have here in Spiral is you know like where, where is in you know in the in the core bo- in the in the other book, you know she seems to kind of be like just getting what what she wants and has these followers and you know like you know it's the the black cat's the queen so to speak and and here she kind of comes in trying to co op Hammerhead and and Tombstone's gang and they're all kind of like laugh her off and she's got to. Think of another way to be, you know, to kind of outsmart them, which is where I think Felicia, as a criminal boss, works. Her trying to kind of beat them with brains instead of whatever, right. <laughs> whatever she was using.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I thought I thought she was really interesting here, but I think there's a whole other thing going on that Jerry Conway is, does, which is has Anna Maria, who I also thought was a character that was. Kind of doing nothing and and kind of losing her spark. And he brings life back to her too. We get this great scene between her and Peter where she relates um, the problem with Black Cat and Yuri Watanabe or uh, the Wraith um, to her feelings about Otto and how he was beyond redemption Um, and – to me, you, that moment accomplishes so many things. You know, It sets up these wonderful stakes for where Yuri and Felicia could go and how you know, bad they could get. They could become a supervillain like Dr. Octopus. But it also tells us something about Anna Maria and her feelings about how Superior ended. And I'm like – every time I read these books and uh, Conway makes like a reference back to Superior, I'm like, this is it. This is what I wanted – after Superior ended, like finally someone's addressing this.
0: Yeah, it's like this is all it took. It's not like this was like, you know, we needed like a, an eight part arc dedicated to Anna Maria dealing with the fallout of of what her what she thought her love did to her. You know what I mean? It's 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 it's, it's these little sides, and I, I, it was a very well well conceived scene i mean you know first of all she's kind of talking nonsense because she sees that peter has that faraway look but you know but it also brings up a very interesting premise which is clearly i think you know maybe it's a little on the nose but the the theme of what spiral is you know you know is it that good people can make bad decisions or you know is it you know is it that they're just inherently bad you know what i mean like and 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 uh, Anna Maria brings up an interesting thing with Otto, which is, again, like, you know, I feel like at the end of Superior, we kind of had like this dichotomy of, of fans, uh, you know, those like us who were just kind of like, yeah, we enjoyed this this run, but it's time to bring Peter back. And then like those were like, no, Otto is so great. It's so unexpectedly great. We must have more of him. And it, it's, you know, she kind of breaks it down, I think, a little more pragmatically, which was like. He did some good. He did some bad. You know, that was that. Is he a good person, a bad person? He He's not around to tell us, you know, like it's just it, it, what, what did you think about that, Dan?
1: Yeah, Mark, I completely agree. And then Jerry takes it to this whole other level um, during this monologue from Peter. You know, just I guess while he's going to meet up with Yuri, he's kind of running these ideas through his head and he relates it back to cops and, like, I guess, corrupt cops. And he says, you know, it's a hard job that cops have. You know, they have to make these split second decisions. And when your life is on the line, you know, uh, it takes a lot of self confidence and and a lot of determination to make the right decision. But oftentimes that that self confidence. Confidence can uh, turn into self-justification, and the idea that like you get to make these choices about the law, and that you always think that you're right. And um, to me, and uh, you know, maybe this is you know, uh, kind of reveals my maybe not, I don't think it's political leanings, but I would say my opinion about maybe all this, this cop stuff that's been going on in the news. But like to me, this is a great explanation for like how people can make decisions. Uh, you know and, and kind of act as a uh, judge, jury, and executioner in in some of these instances, uh, but I thought it was very even handed on, on the part of Conway and also a great way to relate this story that we 're reading to real the real world
0: yeah absolutely no it was it was you know i mean i think I think the inner monologuing of Peter as kind of or spider man however you want to characterize him has really been the strength of spiral I mean and that's something we don't get we, we i mean we talked we've talked about this through the first two reviews of these of these issues is that you know it's just something that I feel like very many modern writers have kind of gotten away from you know like you know certainly in like the the post one more day era yeah um and and you know because it, you know doing it, doing it this way it kind of allows you to Put forward certain ideas and themes but do it in a way in a character's voice, you know? So, um, no, it was, it, was, it was a great little bit from, from Jerry.
1: Yeah, I just think the whole thing was – I mean I don't know if I would say maybe poetic but I would say it's very well spelled out that the, the ideas he's trying to wrestle with here. And we've kind of gotten this before. Like even this feels kind of like a retread but I think even if it is a retread, it's a lot clearer than it was presented in prior issues.
0: Definitely. Um, So, Dan, what did you think about the appearance of the new Crime Master and kind of a a mishmash of new and old enforcers?
1: Yeah, that was fine. I mean I've long since gotten excited to see the the Crime Master. I mean (laughs) last time we saw the Crime Master, he was what? Betty Brant's brother? correct? And then he died again. I mean at this point with the whole uh, Hobgoblin thing – any of these people, any of these minor villains could be anybody. Um, right. And that kind of rem- removes a lot of the fun of them. But, like, Crime Master has been kind of dead off and on, like, every other year or so.
0: Yeah. I mean, and and, and ditto with – well, no. Montana is the dead enforcer, right? Is that the one that they killed off years yeah, ago? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We still have uh, OX and Fancy Dan. Yeah. But, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I kind
0: of liked the, the – there's, there's, there's just a general feeling of smarminess in 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 this comic and in a good way, um, you know. Like we kind of have this scene where it, I think it's before the the crime master and forces are introduced, where you know Spider Man shows up at Mister Negative and just kind of shouts out Mister Negative, and it's like, why do you people always say stuff like that? You know what I mean? Like like, like there's a lot of like kind of meta winking at the reader and, and kind of Jerry I think Jerry's just kind of having a little bit of fun with you know maybe in his I don't want to say his old age because he's not old but you know what I mean like in, as, in, as, a, as a veteran of the industry uh, someone who's certainly seen it all I, I, I feel like he's having a little bit of fun at this stage um, and I felt like he did that again with, with with the crime master and the enforcers it's kind of like yep I know what you're thinking I'm not dead uh, <laughs> <laughs> How, did
1: did Mister Negative just disappear? Yes. Has he? Have we seen him do that before?
0: I don't think so. But
1: Mister Negative, every time I feel like every time he shows up, he has a new power or some new thing. When the very like basic functionality of the character was interesting, and the more they give him, the less interesting he becomes.
0: That's true. I mean, but he really is. I mean, I'm assuming he's going to play a role, a big role in the, and you know, as this book kind of accelerates to the end, but right. I mean, you know, he really is kind of meant to be kind of more of a meddler than anything else right now. So I don't even know if you can go into a whole, is he interesting or uninteresting? He's kind of supposed to be there and gone. He's you know? like
1: our femme fatale character.
0: Yes. Yes. He's, you know, that's a good, good, good analysis.
1: Maybe. Yeah.
0: Um, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, like, like these are, these are fun bits and, and, and you know the things that that Spiral has done so far that are fun and entertaining—they continue to be. It still doesn't change, like I said at the beginning. Like that—that that I feel like I'm waiting. I'm waiting for them to kind of punch it, Chewy. You know, and I think I've said this on the podcast before that phrase. But you know what I mean? Like it's—it's—it's it's, it's when is this when is this going to go to the next level?
1: Yeah, um, and I think maybe the end of this book is—is is it going to the next level?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um I did enjoy the 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 you talk about the end of this book as in this issue or the end of of this arc. No, I mean this issue. Yeah, it, we got a really I feel probably the best post reboot Spider-Man Black Cat moment,
1: right? Yeah, oh the 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 ending where he's like, "Can we just uh can we just agree to like leave cuz we don't want people to die?" That that's Yeah.
0: Yeah, and 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 you know, and I feel like cuz I mean one of the things that's really that really kind of frustrated me about um what Slot was doing with Black Cat was I just felt like the character became like was so vengeful and rage filled that like there was like this no ability to reason and it's like you know you're trying to establish this character as like this like up and coming mastermind and like you know like you, you, there still needs to be a sense of cunning and 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 logic to a char- to a character you know if the if if character is just all rage then you know it, that's very one note and i enjoy that it was just like this kind of like moment of pause and then it was like okay you're right this doesn't change things but you're right and then she takes off well, and, and i, I even, like
1: that she says this doesn't change my feelings towards you and then spider-man says yeah i thought it wouldn't Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he's like, well, there's nothing I could do. This is how you're going to be, you know. And I kind, I kind of feel like that as a reader. It's like, well, that's how it's going to be. All right.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then of course, you know, we get the gunshots from from what the wraith has been doing on her own, and there's that betrayal again that we were talking about.
1: Yeah, and we we actually got a fun. I thought it was fun, uh, like a fight sequence with her in in gas. Yes. I, I like uh, that, and I thought the dialogue was kind of clever too. Where it's like, you know, these things don't work outdoors, but when you take them inside, you know, the fear gas really lets to gets to kick in.
0: Yeah. No, I, this this was uh, it was a very effective kind of dramatic scene, and obviously, you know, who did Yuri shoot?
1: Well, I think you can see Tombstone in the background with uh, a hole in his chest.
0: She shot Tombstone. So there, you answered my question, Dan.
1: There you go. Well, I mean, did, did she? Did someone else shoot him? It seems very clear that she did.
0: Yeah, I, th- I would think so. And so what are the consequences for that, you know?
1: Yeah, I think that's going to be really interesting.
0: Yeah, but but, but a good issue. Uh, we, we've been kind of struggling with Barbary's art. Did anything change for you on this?
1: Uh, I thought this was better than the previous issue. I think there's still some geography problems with his art that I talked about last time but it's not as bad and I think it's probably because we don't have any real like lengthy dialogue scenes in the issue like we have had in the past but I think he actually did a really wonderful job with these big two-page spreads that he did um, I thought they were kind of fun watching Black Cat take out all these villains. There was just a lot of cool uh you know, detail packed in there. Whereas I think some of his other scenes where there's just kind of these empty, flat backgrounds. You know, the colorist is doing everything he can to like make them interesting, but I think in many ways it just kind of reveals how little detail is in them. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, and would you agree? I think I, I think his costumes. His characters and costumes look better than his characters at a cost. Oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. I think in general, across all the different artists, maybe not Kamen uh everybody has problems with drawing Anna Maria, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, although I wasn't like grossly offended by this
1: one. No, no, no. It's not like Humberto Ramos where she like oscillates in size. Depending on the on the panel. And I like Ramos, but I, I will admit that his anim- or even
0: or even Stegman, I mean, as much as we love Ryan Stegman, I mean there was some pretty bad Anna Maria stuff.
1: Oh yeah, where she looked like she was like four.
0: Yeah. <laughs> At the softball game. That's always the image I thought of. Um
1: Yeah, I mean again, I just think Barberi's artwork is just does not match this story.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, agreed. Um you want to go to grades?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what'd you think? I'm giving it a B. Yeah, it was good.
0: So you liked it even more than the last issue?
1: I I liked it more than the last issue, and I liked it more than I liked Renew Your Vows.
0: All right, there you go. Well, I I'm actually gonna give this a B minus, which was the same score I gave Renew Your Vows, and that, um, and that's down from the last two issues. Again, it's not necessarily because I thought it was worse, but like I I you know I need that next level, so maybe we'll get it.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm still with this book, and um, I'm hoping that. the actions of yuri at the end of this we can really get to whatever drama that conway is has been hinting at this whole time
0: totally all right dan why don't we get to some comments and emails
1: sounds great mark
0: everybody leave us your comments and emails because we like to read the feedback that you give us or read any questions you might have. Um, you know in terms of, of comments you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher by searching on amazing Spider Talk and when you do that you can uh, leave us a rating you could subscribe and you know have us in your feed every week which would be really great And then you could also leave a couple of sentences that talk about what you think about the show. When you want to email us something a little more detailed, maybe amazing spider talk at gmail.com. And uh, if you have something that you can say in 160 characters or less, you can do it on Twitter and hashtag it okay to print. Um, Dan, we got some feedback on the last uh, couple of essential episodes that we did.
1: Yeah, no questions this time, but I I think it would be worthwhile to kind of read some of these uh, feedback on the essentials. We got. You know, some controversial opinions about what we've been saying. And I think that's fair because I think our issues were, you know, I, got, I guess kind of not in the mainstream line of thinking in terms of the best issues of Spider Man.
0: Right. Well, Dan, uh, Eric Gomez has something about the essential that you picked. Do you want to read uh, Eric's thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean it, it's pretty long, but I, I, you know I'll, I'll give you the uh, uh, his basic idea. He really likes the choice of the uh, Amazing Spider-Man 49 and 50 um, for for my pick, um, but he does say that he he uh, initially balked at the plot device of a bomb going off at the airport. And that it seems so unrealistic and overly sanitized and that no one really gets hurt. He thought that the bomb was overkill that lacked consequence, especially in the tone of the book. Um, so I don't know. What, what do you think about that, Mark? Do you, do you think that's a legit complaint about that issue? Something that I would knock it, it out from being an essential?
0: I don't know if it would knock it out from being an essential because I, I think, you know, the relationship stuff with Peter and MJ is so strong. But I, I think – Did I bring it up or maybe I meant to bring it up because it it does kind of occur to me that like I I almost feel like the action is – was forced a bit in that comic. You know what I mean? Like they had to create like these high stakes when I felt the stakes were high enough with Peter and MJ. I think those were my exact words in in the show. So I don't don't totally disagree with what he's saying here.
1: And that's a fine complaint. For me, uh, you know, if Eric – if I'm going to respond to the fact that there's not anyone injured – Like, I think that would shift this comic into a very different tone if people were like had bloodied limbs or a baby was lost in the rubble. You know, I think it's kind of light and I guess that having a bomb in an airport immediately conjures you know, ideas and and a story involving doom kind of conjures a, a, a darker story to mind. So I get what you're saying. To me, it doesn't bother me. Um, I still would, you know, want to submit it as an essential pick, but I understand where you're coming from. Um, yeah, and Mark, yeah, I do think the action is a little forced. Um, but when is it not forced in a lot of these books?
0: Yeah, well, that's that's kind of true of all comics, right?
1: Yeah, and maybe that's enough to knock it out of the essentials running. But yeah, I mean, I hope people read that issue and can come up with their own opinions about it, so that when it comes time to vote. Uh, You know, you can keep all these things fresh in your mind. But, Mark, um, we had someone comment on your page about our pick of your pick for the Essentials. And uh, it's Brian H., but what did he have to say?
0: Yeah, this is for the Marvel 2-in-1 Essential, uh, blah, Marvel 2-in-1 Annual number 2 pick that I made. This is a pick that I think furrowed your brow brow a bit. But, um, Dan, Brian writes to me that I agree with this choice. Maybe not as an essential to Spider-Man, but a very astute choice nonetheless. It highlights uh, Jim Starlin's best work in Marvel Cosmic, then sets the base for the second phase of Marvel Cosmic in the 90s with the Infinity Gauntlet. I'm a trade paperback guy, so you can find this in the new Warlock trade paperback paperback that was recently released. If you enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy, this is the place to see where the good stuff started. Throwing Spidey in the mix just made it more fun. So...
1: Yeah, so I it's a, a
0: pseudo-endorsement, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah, I agree with him. I, I feel like he made it more fun. Is it an essential Spider-Man book? I'm coming around on it, maybe. But, uh, yeah, no, this is a nice nice comment from Brian.
0: Yeah, definitely. So uh, there you go. So, you know, remember, guys, when, when we put these all up and, oh, it's probably going to be many months out, but. You know, because we're we're having fun talking about these issues, too. I kind of don't want to stop, but... um, Right. (laughs) um, But, uh, you know, you're going to have to vote on them, guys. So you're you're our our sounding board. So we'll find out.
1: So, yeah, send us in more opinions on these if you have them, because we love hearing from you guys.
0: All right, Dan. Well, my liquor cabinet is locked, so it must mean it's time for some Flash Thompson Flash reviews. you today
1: good do, do i do i note a hint of of disappointment in your voice there flash
0: well yeah i was just going over to puny janacchio's liquor cabinet and he put this huge padlock on it like like what is he like puny parker like you just just has to mess with all the good things in life you're just a, just a boring square professional wallflower
1: yeah well flash sometimes every party has to come to an end
0: This is coming from the guy who wants to play the Flash song from Queen every time I come on the radio.
1: Yeah, you're right. I do indulge every now and again.
0: Do people still listen to radios? I don't even know.
1: I don't even know what era of Flash I'm
0: talking to, so maybe (laughs) – well, I'm just saying. I mean, I'm talking into a microphone. There's a recording going on. Is this a radio show? What, 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 do, what do you have me on, puny Gavazdan?
1: One could only hope that someday we'll become syndicated and we can afford <laughs> better guests than you, Flash.
0: Whatever. Let's just get to the reviews.
1: All right. I'm all for that. Let Mark come back.
0: Janakio, get your, get your butt over here. You know, and give me the key to your liquor cabinet. <sighs> We're going to have to, of course, you know, for people who are unfamiliar with the show and, you know, don't understand that Flash Thompson and myself are two different people. uh, You know, the the concept here is Dan and I will be giving 60 second reviews for all of the B titles or the non-core Spider-Man book uh, that we talk about in the main episode. Uh, So uh, this time around, we got some Secret War spinoffs and some... Some last days books, uh, so uh, lot, lots going on here, Dan. Uh, so let's get my let's get our stopwatches ready, and we'll kick things off with uh, Secret Wars Spider Verse number one. And I guess I'll go first, right?
1: Yeah, sure. I'll give you the countdown: three, two, one.
0: Yeah, Dan, this book was just a total mess for me from start to finish. Um, I don't really even recognize these characters. Maybe we're not supposed to. Um, but, you know, this to me is an example of how some of these what-if storylines, uh, you know, without any kind of clear definition, could just be a total mess. Uh, for me, the worst was was Gwen. Uh, you know, we've kind of had this very rich, vibrant character being written by Jason Latour and with art from Robbie Rodriguez. And, you know, this book kind of just takes away all of the, the verve of the character. Um, no remnants of her personality. They kind of do this amnesia angle. Um you know, I this is – her having to deal with her being dead in the 616 universe, what we get here, could be something that could be interesting when we do a reboot in the fall. But for now, this is a very uninspired uh, story for me. So it's Puny Parker. What about you, Dan? Three, two, one.
1: I don't know who is clamoring for more Spider-Verse, and yet here we are. So there must have been someone – And now we've got more Spider-Verse. Yay? To be honest, I liked aspects of this approach more than the original Spider-Verse. Having all these characters in a world that's like a hodgepodge collection of all of Spider-Man's history is kind of interesting. The problem is I don't really care about these characters at all, especially since I know this is just a what-if story and not the actual characters I've been reading from their own universe. I thought this was supposed to be a book about them healing the Great Web. Isn't that what happened at the end of Spider-Verse? Anyway, the art is awful, with simple things like characters' anatomies being way off. I can't recommend this book. Puny Parker. Boom. Next. All right. Spider-Woman 8. Count me in, friend. I will.
0: Three, two, one... So, yeah, this was a great closing chapter to this book's first true arc since the reboot, at least. And it was great in many unexpected ways. Uh, you know, when we last left off, I, I mentioned that I was kind of unimpressed with the big villain reveal uh, that they had in this book. Uh, but but Dennis Hopeless uh, really found a way to make the character interesting and sympathetic. And the same can be said for all of these other characters in this story, the the, the women in this kind of Weird, cryptic town. Um, You know, it ended up really being a great premise, and it shows that. um, And it was done with a lot of nuance and sensitivity. And you know, we end things up with uh, the promise of more Jessica, Drew, and Ben Urich. So you can sign me up for that. And uh, Javier Rodriguez is really just really becoming a star with his artwork on this book. Uh, Hey, maybe we can get this guy on the main Spider-Man book at some point. So uh, for me, fan club certified.
1: All right, count me in. Three, two, one. I don't think I have to say it, Mark, but I love Spider-Woman, and I'm glad we're going to be getting more of her after Secret Wars, or at least so it seems. Like you, Mark, I was totally unimpressed by the villain reveal, but I trusted in Hopeless, and boy, did it pay off. If this is the kind of book that Marvel is promoting post-Secret Wars and the mantra that they have going forward with their publishing line, then I couldn't be more excited for their future. If you still haven't picked up this book yet, I don't want to ruin anything like and don't be dissuaded by maybe if you have no interest in Spider Woman or you hated the first few issues. Go buy this book now. This is the kind of thing that deserves to be supported just like Superior Foes did. Uh, You know, I want more books like this. Fan club certified.
0: Very nice. All right, Dan. So uh, Secret Wars number three. Shall I continue the trend and go first?
1: Please do, Mark. Three, two, one. Oh, my
0: God, Dan. This event is just so good. Uh, Can I say that? Uh, Well, actually, you know, I want to say it's good. Can I say that on the air? Anyway, uh, Jonathan Hickman just kicks things up another level by giving us a story that's actually very character-centric uh, around Dr. Doom, but he also manages to advance the plot significantly and start explaining a lot of the mysterious things going on in Battle World. Uh, the interplay among Doom, Susan Storm, and Doctor Strange is just outstanding character work with uh, a lot of twists and turns along the way that are unexpected. And then we even get an appearance of Miles and then later 616 heroes that include Spider-Man. And these were like... Total fist pump moments. And, and, and again, it's really unveiling things in a really interesting way. This, to me, is shaping up to be the best Marvel event in years, maybe even ever. Fan club certified.
1: All right. Three, two, one. Mark, what can I say? I keep waiting for the rug to be pulled out from under the feet of Jonathan Hickman and for Secret Wars to go spinning out of control or become way too weird to understand, as many of his previous runs have. And I, you know, I've been rereading a lot of Hickman's stuff, and I found his writing to kind of be all over the place in the past. But man, this is his best work yet. He's reined himself in, and page after page, he delivers stunning beat after stunning beat, with a reveal here that is one of the final undoable Marvel moments left to be done. I don't even want to ruin it or hint at what it is, because. It's something that people have been anticipating for such a long time, and all this wouldn't be as tremendous without the work of Asad Ribick's incredible pencils. This stuff is legendary, and I cannot implore listeners enough to go out and buy this book. I agree with you, Mark. If this keeps up, this will be far and away the best event Marvel has ever done. Fan club certified.
0: 59 seconds, Dan. You just made it. Woof!
1: This, this book deserves a lot more than that.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, well, we're not going to do the Secret Wars podcast yet. Not yet. All right. Ultimate end. We go from Secret Wars to ultimate end.
1: I bet these are going to be as good, as uh, equal in quality, Mark.
0: Yeah, well, why don't you count me in? We'll find out. All
1: right. Three, two, one.
0: Well, Dan, if you like guys standing around a room and talking nonsense, then this, and I guess the Amazing Spider-Man Spider-Verse arc, are the books for you. You know I do, Mark. Oh, God, just a total disappointment. I know this has Bendis' name on it, but it has no similarities to any of the wonderful ultimate books that he's written for the last, what, 15 years? Just a boring, flat, nonsensical story where even Mark Bagley's usual great art doesn't pass muster. Uh, Dan, I, this book was terrible. I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I, 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 that's lazy criticism, but I, I don't know
1: what else to say. Puny Parker. Oh, hi, Kelly Three, two, one. Mark, I don't think I understood a single page of what happened in this book. And that's a tough statement to say because I've read literally every single Ultimate book that Marvel's ever published. I bet there are editors on these books that haven't even claimed that. I've read the unreadable Ultimate Spider Man by Orson Scott Cart. In fact, I own it in hardcover. I even own the Ultimate Adventures title starring Hawk Owl and Woody, which almost no one knows exists. Who are the people in this book? I'm not even sure. If these are alternate versions of the Ultimates, why do I care who lives and dies? Everyone I loved already died in Secret Wars Number 1. So rest in peace, Ultimate Universe. If the opening of this book is any indication, the Punisher aiming his gun at the Ultimate Universe and saying, I should have done this a long time ago. Yes, Bendis, you should have. Puny Parker. Scathing, Dan. Well... Uh, what can I say? This book was awful, and the cover dared to have Bendis dropping the mic. Did he drop the mic because he fumbled it? I don't know what is going on here. Ugh. Pretty pretty nutty. Yeah, all right. right. So let's. I didn't read this next one, so you're just going to give us an opinion on it, and we'll have yeah. to take your word for it. So that's Secret Wars 2099 number one.
0: Yeah, um, pressure's on me.
1: Yeah, all right. So I'll count you in. Three, two, one.
0: Yeah, so uh, I picked this book up kind of hoping for a more prominent role for our good friend Spider Man 2099, since this had Peter David and Will Slaney's name on it. And um, while Miguel does seem to work his way into this, um, I still thought this was a pretty fun book revisiting a cast of characters I haven't honestly thought about in years. And even then, I really only have vague memories of the 2099 Avengers. Um, I do like the interplay of the personalities on this team and how the characters kind of resemble their modern-day selves, or I guess their 616-2015 selves. But with some twists to it and some tweaks, um, you know, Peter David's sense of humor is always on display. And I know you're not a fan of it, Dan, but I actually like Will Sliney's artwork. Um, so a book that I was originally kind of going to be 50-50 about in terms of picking up the next issue, uh, I'm on board for. So this is Fan Club Certified
1: maybe i'll have to go back and check it out.
0: Yeah, you can, you know. There are ways to do that.
1: Yeah, i I will binge it on the uh the Mar- the Marvel Unlimited app when when all this all these books start coming on there.
0: Absolutely. Oh wait, oh, oh, hold on a second, Dan. Ah, guess who is back?
1: Oh god. And guess who found the keys. Oh no, Mark, what Why did you not swallow the keys? I, uh, Dan, I don't know. Shut up, Janak,
0: Let me tell you something, right? Well, Dan, uh, Flash just passed out in front of our microphone. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to precariously, hold on. Uh, I'm going to precariously set myself up, but we we better get to the end of the show.
1: I, I have to think that the people at the hospital are really sick of getting him in there every other week with these uh you know alcohol poisoning problems.
0: Dad, I am literally like steadied on him like like with one leg up and the other like kind of bent at an awkward angle. So let's let's finish this up right
1: All now. All right, let's wrap it up. We'll wrap it up. All right, so everybody we'll we'll finish this, but if you want to find any of our New Amazing Spider Talk, our old Superior Spider Talk podcast. You can find them at superiorspidertalk.com or find us on iTunes and Stitcher by searching for Amazing Spider Talk. And if you do, please make sure you leave us a rating and comment to let us know how we're doing and we'll read it on the air if we can, uh, if Mark survives and his microphone survives this whole flash incident. Uh, How are you doing over there, Mark? (laughs) (sighs)
0: He's snoring into the microphone now. (sighs) I wish I was (sighs) Spider-Man. Oh, God. Uh, Yeah, so... um, um, You can get both of our uh, Facebook pages at facebook.com slash superior spider talk and facebook.com slash chasing amazing. They're great places to keep up with us, uh, especially when Flash is not snoring in your ears. Um... We put up articles. You can contact us. You, you know the drill. Uh, also, don't forget to check out our friendly neighborhood Spider Talk. Remember? Did tam- that, that, that help support our show?
1: Yeah, um, and maybe he flashes hospital bills.
0: <laughs> I guess so. I mean, I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not paying for him to go to the hospital. That's for sure. I hope not. Uh, Our theme song is courtesy of Ryland Bojack, and our outro song comes from Magic.
1: Yeah, and I also want to say a special thanks to Nick Cagnetti, Ray Sumzer, Ron Friends, and Sal Busema for our show's artwork. Mark, really quickly, where can we find you on the internet this week?
0: Yes, Dan. Well, you can find me at www.superiorspidertalk.com. And you can find me on Twitter at blog. Awesome, Mark. <laughs> oh, God. Do you hear that now?
1: What is it? Is that a hiccup?
0: <laughs> oh, God. This is, this is embarrassing, Dan. I'm sorry.
1: Can you at least, like, put him
0: in the other room? Dad, he's like a 220-pound paraplegic. What am I going to do with him?
1: Yeah, I guess that's a good point.
0: (laughs) I mean, you know, sorry. (laughs) Didn't mean to offend you, (laughs) Dan.
1: I'm a little offended. I'm a little offended. Well, everybody, you can find me on the internet as well at SuperiorSpiderTalk.com. And you can tweet at me at at DanGavazan and at Talk if you're so inclined to do so. Yeah, so, Mark, you got Flash over there. Um- yeah, I'm still here. What's it to you?
0: Oh, God, he got up there. And I don't know what to tell you. Oh, uh, you going to do your special little ending about Uncle Ben doing something silly? Why don't you just get to the point? Fine, with great podcasts must also come Amazing Spider Talk. Go away, Flash.